0: You're listening to the Itch Rock Matters. My name is Casey. My name is Dan, and I'm Aaron. And right, today we're going to talk about the
1: brand new 10 Years album called "Violent Allies" that recently came out on September 18th. Uh, I I was actually quite surprised i i will say that I, every time i hear a new 10 years album i feel that this is a band that is kind of like fine wine it's getting better with age hmm. one of the things that i really liked about this is I, I read a couple of interviews after listening to it because i didn't have i guess i didn't have any kind of expectations i don't know about you guys but like 10 years is one of those bands that i like but i'm not over the top about I'm, i don't really have a like, huge huge feelings towards but I, I always like them, and we've always played them on our show consistently. Um, but I, I truly, as the time has gone on, I truly am becoming more and more of a fan of this band.
2: I think they've been a regular on The Itch for quite a while. This is their ninth album, actually. Uh, their breakthrough was their third album, The Autumn Effect, which had uh, Wasteland. was a big one on that. And um, that came out in '05. And I'm pretty sure we've been playing them to some degree or another ever since.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because that came out right around the time we actually started our show. It was about a year after. And, I, you know, I will say that we've we've been into this band for the majority of the time that we've had our radio show. You know, Wasteland was a huge single and we have played a couple other B-sides. That was one of the things that we absolutely loved about our, our radio show is being able to play those B-sides that you wouldn't hear on the radio. Uh, one of my favorite songs off of their original one was called Half-Life. And I'm pretty sure, you know, we played several, several uh 10-year songs all throughout the history of our show. But as we've gone on, we've played more and more songs off of their newer albums than I think all the previous albums combined, to be honest.
2: <laughs> we've talked in our sort of planning sessions about at some point doing an episode of our our favorite tracks that we felt should have been singles. And like Dan just said, it was one of the perks of how our particular show was set up was that we weren't uh, beholden to playing specifically singles. We could play whatever we liked off of any given release. And so we definitely did. So we kind of got to be the architects of that soundtrack. And, you know, if there was something that we felt was not getting attention it deserved off of an album, then we could throw that out there instead of the big single.
1: Well, and I think we've mentioned a couple of different times of record labels and how they make such a huge difference on impact on what a band's uh, ability or freedom to do or how, how they come up with albums because they don't have that kind of pressure. And I think this is definitely a great example of that. They joined with Mascot Records back in 2016, um, who actually has a couple other big bands to their name that we've, I think, even talked about on the show.
2: They've got Blackstone Cherry, for yeah. one, which we'll no doubt be talking about in the future. Uh POD, which is an interesting one. I did not even know the POD was on that that label. And Volbeat, which we talked about quite recently, actually.
1: Yeah, and Monster Truck as well. Shaman's Harvest is another one. They have all kinds of artists that is very, very relevant to the itch that we have been playing for quite some
2: time. Yeah, so kudos mascot.
1: Yeah, and, and from what I understand, they're fairly kind of a new uh, up-and-coming... Uh, I guess they they've founded back in 1990, but they've just started getting more and more artists kind of joining them. Recently,
2: they're not one that I've been very aware of. And so it is kind of you could tell by that part of that roster. We just threw out there kind of the general sound that they're going for and where that might, you know, land on your interest.
0: Yeah. Pretty impressive list based on our preferences of playing songs. Yeah. Yeah. Ten Years
1: joined Mascot Records back in 2016. And shortly thereafter, they released their eighth studio album called How to Live as Ghosts. And I know that me and KC absolutely love that album. It was it was another one, just like the most recent one, Violent Allies, that was a huge, pleasant surprise for me. I, I didn't have really much expectations, but when I first heard that first single, Novocaine, I, I don't know if we... like It was just one of those songs, like, I just couldn't play it
0: enough. I couldn't hear it enough. That's one thing that 10 Years, I think, kind of does as a band, is they kind of take a... I don't know if concept is really a, the correct term but they take like a style and then they they kind of piece an album around however style they want to use because sometimes they have softer melodic albums and then sometimes with novocaine that had a lot of like kind of heavy bass more than some of their other albums did so they kind of pick and choose things that they want to use on on the album and kind of make it the focus
1: well, you know, it's funny that you say that because I read an interview that they try to do basically every album they try to make sound different. They don't want to recreate the same same sound. They they want to do something different. They want to be something new. And you, you can definitely tell that with with their albums and especially as they progress. In the interview that I heard with about Violent Allies, they were very specific into how, you know, they just felt more free. They felt like they were actually like, you know, brothers again, just having fun making music and and getting back to, you know, the reason why they made music in the first place. And I think when a band is, I guess, you know, free or inspired, they're going to make great music. And and there's no doubt that Violent Allies is a a result of that.
2: I'm glad that you say that because um, we we just did a Seether episode recently. And they're a band that, in my opinion, has a fairly similar sound. It's kind of that like alternative metal, like bands that were influenced by grunge bands kind of sound. And um, we talked about that balance between changing up your sound as you have, as you move on in your career and keeping steady, I guess. And so, uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on the way that this band has or has not evolved musically and things that seem a little different now than they might have been 5 or 10, maybe 15 years ago even in their sound.
1: One of the ways that they've evolved is not only with band members, but band members taking on different roles in the band. That's one thing I made note of uh, when I was doing a little bit more research into the show. So <laughs> there's been pretty much three mainstays in this band. Actually, really just two. Jesse H- Hasik. I, I don't know how you say his last name. I would assume it's like the the hockey player, Hasek. Dominic uh, Hashik. Hey, yeah.
2: hockey reference.
1: All right. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll call him Hashik. So Jesse Hashik is the lead singer. He joined the band in 2002, and uh, he's been the singer the entire time. Fantastic singer, by the way. Phenomenal voice, and he can reproduce that sound live. There's, I have so much more respect when somebody has a great voice and they can do it live. And it, it, when you see him live, it, it's like he's not even trying. And I, I have so much respect for somebody that can pull off that kind of a singing voice live and just have it be so effortless
2: absolutely that goes a long way
1: so the other member is brian Vodin, and when he joined the band he was their drummer and he's he was their drummer all the way up until about late 2009 and right before so right after the album division he switched to the rhythm guitarist (laughs) okay and so when feeding the wolves came out which is probably one of their biggest albums to date he was the rhythm guitarist on that album and they had uh, Ryan Johnson, which their, was their lead guitarist up until, well, right before uh, How to Live as Ghosts. And so those were probably the three mainstays in the band. But they've since then, since uh, it looks like really about 2010, when Brian Vodin became their guitarist, they've kind of gone through some lineup changes pretty consistently
2: since then. Here's a fun one to continue that train of thought. Uh, so the current personnel for for this release, for Violent Allies, three-piece band, like you said, Jesse Hashik is the vocalist. A guy named Matt Wintland is the guitarist. Brian, as you just mentioned, we might have to shout this guy out specifically, just yeah, for being a jack-of-all-trades. Brian, on, on this album, at, at some point or another, or maybe on multiple songs at the same time, is a guitarist, a bassist, a drummer. He also does backing vocals and keys and some programming. So he's basically the entire backup band and maybe even a little bit of production in there with the programming element.
0: So he's a one man rhythm section. And then some, maybe that's why they focus so much on, on a different instrument, each album, because that's what he chooses to focus on
2: learning a new (laughs) instrument, each album. And so he's like, all right, guys, here's what we're
0: doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) According to my, my research, they do have Luke Neri as their current drummer. And then Chad Grinner is their, uh, current bassist. So maybe for the album, he made all those instruments, but uh, I think their touring band is made up a little bit different.
2: Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's how it is. And that, uh, some guys are there in the studio and others are there for them to actually join on tour. I know like, Nirvana, for example, at one point, like Pat Smear joined them later on or Green Day for a long time. The Green Day is a three man band, but for a long time, they've had a touring guitarist that joins them. Who's not like a part of the recording necessarily, but he's always there for their tours to make them sound better. Yeah. So I couldn't say that about this band per se. I'm not that familiar, but either way, kudos to Brian for for being the the original of the band and for playing and doing so many different things at different parts of their career.
1: Well, and I think his evolution as a musician has really what has helped fueled the, uh, the success of this band recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, to become, you know, to be a drummer, then to switch to rhythm guitarist. And obviously he's gotten a lot better because now he feels comfortable enough to be the lead guitarist. That's, that's,
2: yeah, at Timeline, he literally goes through the entire gamut. He starts as the drummer, then does some rhythm guitar, then picks up a bass, and then eventually goes lead guitar. A- yeah. And then the backing vocals. He literally is a one-man band. That's fantastic. That's so much fun. We have to One. meet this guy. Yeah,
1: exactly. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he's quite the musician. And then, like I said, in combination with Jesse Hashik's voice, like there's no doubt that, that they've become really, really good at what they're doing.
2: And shout out to their their former guitarist, whose name was Tater Johnson. what ryan tater johnson (laughs) we talked in the head pe episode about amusing band member names and i i I never get sick of amusing band member names so tater johnson it is
1: i agree that's that's fantastic (laughs) but you know focusing now on on the album itself like like i said i i was i was just blown away and i mean their first the first song on the album is the shift which is their first single that came out and and i that was the first song I heard off this. And it, I, I guess I, you know, I said earlier that I, I didn't really have high expectations, but hearing that song, The Shift, it, it gave me a, a lot of high anticipation for this album to come out. I was really excited. I didn't, really, you know, like I said, I didn't have like super high expectations for it, but I was really excited just because that song is so good and pretty relevant to this year, to be honest.
2: Yeah. yeah. If you think how wild it was, The 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 line in the course of that track is we're a violent virus without a remedy and how appropriate that would be as a combination of things happening in 2020. Yeah. Right. Like we've talked before about how so many of these releases that are coming out sound as if they were written literally right now, even though most of them like this one was written and recorded like last year. And so it's so bizarre that, that it's it's able to be that spot on. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with that. Uh-huh. But, you know, and, and like this, is another album that it's very well mixed. Uh, you know, we've been bringing that up a lot recently, but it's not, you know, there's there's not a two soft songs in a row. There's not anything that just kind of feels like it's it's droning on, in my opinion. Honestly, when we get back to the radio show, there's no doubt that I have plans of playing almost every single song off this album, except maybe the uh, instrumentals,
0: <laughs> which confused the crap out of me, by the way. 10 Years is a band that they they like to mix in instrumentals either at the end of a a song when they just kind of change it up and completely do a different fade out for another like four minutes sometimes and just take the song in a completely different direction. And I was kind of looking forward to some of their instrumental tracks, but on this album, they kind of, it was kind of just quickly done and then... That was the end of it, so I was kind of curious about that as to why they changed it up now, the way that they've done it in the past. The
2: instrumentals on this album are called Planets 3 and Planets 4. Are you guys aware of a Planets 1 and 2 occurring on other albums somewhere? Because I kind of skimmed their discography, and I don't remember seeing those. No. You know, uh, no, Interesting. Yeah. So maybe those are buried somewhere in, in the ether, and maybe we'll see them someday in the future. I don't know. I
1: don't know either, but I was definitely curious of like why start with planets three, but it could be because, you know, we are the third planet in the solar system. That would be my thought. Uh, I don't know. That's possible. I don't know.
2: I really I'll be honest. I to me, those tracks are actually the ones that set this album apart from similar bands in this genre. I really kind of appreciated those. They're not acoustic and they're not just solos, but they're the, the guitar is really the focus of those two tracks. And it's very like pretty instrumentals yeah. and both of them do something that I'm always a sucker for, which is kind of blend nicely into the track that comes after. Yeah. Th-
1: yeah. That was going to be my comment. Like Planets three leads perfectly into sleep in the fire, which was, which was a fantastic song. And so putting that with the intro, like honestly, when we get back to the radio show, I probably would want to play those two songs together because it is such a great intro to yeah. that song.
2: And I would do the same for, for planets four and to say goodbye if you do that one. Cause it really does act as like a segue, like a, not just a segue, but like almost a setup for it. Yeah. And, and I, I appreciate that there was two of those. I probably could have done with a, you know, another one somewhere towards the, the uh <laughs> Yeah. Planet you know, two. two. <laughs> yeah. give me mean, planet two, like at track four or something like that. You still be all right with me. I'd be cool with that. This album clocks in at under 37 minutes. So it's hardly wearing out. It's welcome. Like there's, there's space to me for another track if they wanted to add one. So,
1: Hey, why not? You know, yeah, I mean, it only had 10 tracks on it, to be honest, which was appropriate. 10 years there. Well, it should have been their 10th album, but it's not. It's their ninth album. <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd be pretty funny if it was their 10th album with 10 tracks and for the band 10 years.
2: OK, well, we'll, we'll whenever the album, the 10th album comes out, we'll hope that that's how they play it. <laughs> Ten tracks just for you, it should be. <laughs> we'll talk to them about it personally, just just to see.
0: I did have a question for you guys. So on track two, The Unknown, did that kind of have a different vibe to you more so than the other songs? It kind of almost sounded like a a Skillet song to me.
1: I didn't pick up on it being a Skillet song, but I definitely feel that it, it was different from, like a different feeling from the rest of the album. I do agree with that.
0: Well, I just thought that the the drums were a little different than than all the other tracks. And I, I guess... I was trying to come up with a band that that I could compare it to and Skillet was really the only one that was coming to mind.
2: I think so this album was produced by Howard Benson and he's known he's a pretty well-known name in the the rock I might even just go ahead and say pop rock sphere cuz he's produced he produced um like Payable on Death Satellite which was a massive album at that time and he's but he's also done stuff like all American rejects and Daughtry and that kind of stuff and Kelly Clarkson. But one of the bands that he's been tied to a lot in the recent years is Skillet. Uh he's produced the majority of Skillet's albums, maybe all of them. I can't I don't have that quite right in front of me. Maybe all of them since uh they firmed up their sound. And so if there's a a song by another band that sounds kind of like Skillet, I would be fairly comfortable attributing that to Howard Benson and saying that's probably why, because he's very familiar with that band.
0: And he actually worked with 10 Years on their 2010 album, Feeding the Wolves. He's
2: done a lot of bands that that we've played before. He's he's worked with Apocalyptica, uh, Three Days Grace, Flyleaf, Dead by Sunrise, Papa Roach. He's got a pretty uh, substantial rock resume.
1: Well, I don't think it's just the drums and the unknown. I think it's also that there's like some piano to it as well.
0: Yeah, like I said, it just it had a different feel for the rest of the songs on the album to me. Hmm. You think that's a
2: good thing or a bad thing? Did it throw you off, or was it kind of exciting because it was?
0: It's 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 a great song, but it just it's it was different from what I've usually heard the band do. So I just I thought it was kind of just interesting.
1: Hmm. I will say that I think that it might have been a little bit better placed. I, I know that it's. I think their second single off the album too. They've kind of released their singles in, in order, but I don't know. It's kind of seems to me like just because of the way it builds, it probably would have been a little bit better
0: later in the album. Yeah, I could, I could agree with that. I think any song that
2: is like a jarring departure, if you would call it that it's probably in your best interest to not to bury it, but maybe track two is a weird place for it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe put it in the middle to, to spice things up a little bit. I don't know.
1: I don't know. There's like they're all sh- really short songs, uh, short and sweet, I like to say. But uh, there's there's I, I really can't say that there's a bad song on this album. Like it is a really good album.
2: Like I said, Howard Benson is definitely what I would call a maybe the best way to put it is a radio rock producer. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that these tracks tend to hover like literally around the three minute, not even like the three and a half or four. Like, like maybe this either album or some other ones, like under three minutes kind of thing.
0: 245. Yeah. (laughs)
2: These, these things are ready made for the radio or for like a soundtrack or whatever, if somebody wants to use them. And I'm sure people will be, because like you said, there's some, there's good stuff on here. That's definitely worthy of that.
0: The only song that I really didn't particularly care for was "Déjà Vu," but mostly, mostly because it's just that repetitive. But I think that's the purpose of it. Yep, I was I was glad you said that. Actually,
2: <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was going to say that that might have been my favorite one on there. And so, <laughs> so it's it's funny to me. I I enjoy whenever we we whenever Dan and Casey and I see things very differently. That's entertaining to me. <laughs>
0: Because the the first time I listened to it, I was I was like, "Hmm, all right, well, that was <laughs> that was a <the> song." But
2: <laughs> if I cut this album in half, Deja Vu would make the cut into the half that I kept. But I'll say that Deja Vu and the Shift and those planets and a couple others.
1: Not that you need to,
2: but just just as an exercise, <laughs> it's really funny
1: because like I I agree with K, you know with KC that it, it is probably not my it's probably my least favorite song on the album. Because it is so repetitive. However, it's the song on the album that
2: gets stuck in your head the most. Yeah. And there's So there's such a great irony right there. See, it's called exactly. Deja Vu and it keeps happening to you again and again. That's perfect. It's the most successful concept of a song right there.
0: And I think that might be why it annoys me.
2: <laughs> I can understand that too. It's a little bit creepy, 10 years. Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> Okay, so I got a question for you guys. I'd be interested in hearing. Hey, wait, Um, real
1: quick before you say that. So just to kind of drive the point home of how repetitive this song is, because I just counted this. He says, (laughs) he says, turn off the screens. They look. Oh, okay. So he does change the line a little bit. But the the long is turn off my brain. This all feels the same. There's he kind of says it so many times. But they say, turn off my brain 25 times. Yeah. In this song, Ooh, I mean, that will turn off one's brain just and to hear that again. Also, one of the shortest songs on the album at two minutes and 39 seconds. So to hear it torn off my <laughs> brain 25 times in a matter of two minutes and 39 seconds. That's why it gets stuck in your head.
2: That sounds yeah. like a song that could be a torture device. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, U.S. military. There you go. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> you probably will.
0: So what was your question,
2: Oh, yeah, sorry. So no, you're good. Um my question was so we talked about the shift which uh was the the lead single from this album. Track 1 uh, established by the itch as being a quality choice for a good lead single. Personally, I really liked it lyrically as this like call against nonsensical escalation and violence. Yeah. And uh but my next question was uh what track would you guys pick as a single from this album? Cause I know which one it would be for me. I'm curious if we're on the same page on this one, or if it's a deja vu situation where I feel totally different than you guys. <laughs> so they, they've
1: already, believe it or not, they've already released three tracks off this album. And, and this has actually nothing to do with my, my pick, but the first single was the shift, which you just mentioned. The unknown was their second single and their most recent single was cut the cord, um, which I think are all great songs, but personally, my favorite song and a song that I probably would release if this was if I was like the PR person for this album would be I Wish.
2: There we go. So now we're back on track again. The, when I listened through this album and I got to, to I Wish, which is is way down at track nine. Um, that was my first thought. I was like, for better or worse, this totally sounds like a modern rock single like this. This one, if it hasn't been, it will be the one that they send out before long. So I'm I'm in agreement with you on that one. I think that's the one that stands out as the most radio friendly of a pretty radio friendly album.
1: I agree. And not only that, but it's like a, it's a song that everybody can relate to. <laughs> um, you know, it's I'm pretty sure it's about losing somebody because although we are and what we could have been our ghosts in the end, all is fair in love and war. I just knew I wish how we became such strangers now. fading. So I guess it's kind of losing somebody, not necessarily that they die, but just that they're you're no longer friends or speaking maybe. Or as close as you once were. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, one way or another, that relationship has uh, faded away, I guess, as it were.
1: Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) Sorry, I'm singing it, too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh,
2: Yeah, I I thought that one would make a pretty fantastic single. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it does.
0: Yeah, uh, another one for me would be Start Again. Start Again is track 10, the one right after i wish right. yeah yeah
1: yeah that's that's a great song too it's you know it's one of those that like i don't know i just i didn't have especially as the cd went on i'm like man that's a great track. are they gonna still have another good track coming up and then like you know like you said start again it starts off real heavy and kind of smacks you in the face right off the bat you're like wow this is another great track i can't believe they're just putting all these good songs
2: together right i kind of like the uh i guess i would call it humility in in the lyrics of that one. Uh, cause the start again, starts with the line. There's an ocean sized hole in my ego. I can't hide. And like these lyrics, I'm not going to say that they're like revolutionary or anything, but they are, I can work with what they're saying. It makes sense to me. It's this concept of, uh, the statement. It's only when we've lost everything, are we free to start again? So he's trying the whole battle with oneself and kind of your own pride getting in the way of, uh, of moving forward. And I think that's also something that is a pretty relatable concept, at least to me. And so it's kind of cool that they touch on that in that one.
1: Another th- song that I think would be a very strong single would be Sleep in the Fire. But I will say that we kind of talked about this on a previous episode or so songs that have the same names of other very popular songs. It's hard to kind of not compare them to the other songs. And they actually have that. <laughs> they have it that twice on this album because Cut the Chord is a song by Shinedown, uh, which was a, fantastic song by shinedown so like immediately as soon as i heard it i'm like all right it, it's i like immediately just compare it to shinedown and then sleep in the fire while it's not exactly the same obviously you're going to compare it to rage against the Machine. sleep now in the fire
2: oh just <laughs> just hearing you say the the word sleep in the fire again even without the now my, exactly. my mind my mind immediately went down 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 yeah and so that's gonna happen and, and- also let, let me let me note i wish is the name of a song by Skilo. Who? A, a <laughs> rapper, and it was a great song. It was from 1995. I wish I was a little bit tall, though. I wish I was tall. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. putting that on the soundtrack to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> making an appearance on the itch. <laughs> wow. So yeah, there's there's a lot of things in there that remind me of other stuff, but definitely the rage references is is, is one.
1: Yeah, and it's it's hard to compare ten years to Rage Against the Machine. They're not the same type of band at all. But I mean, no. I will say that you know, Sleep in the Fire was definitely not a soft song. It had its it was a heavy song. It it could stand its ground. I just don't think that it you know
2: it's it's just not Rage Against the Machine. It's it's yeah. not
1: Tom Morello. Basically,
2: <laughs> here you go. You guys can boot this if you want. But if they release Sleep in the Fire as a single, would it be Deja Vu? No. No, uh, no no no, no it wouldn't no okay oh man <laughs> I, we've been t- we I, like i said a couple months ago we got kc out into doing a couple puns and then <laughs> and then we let him curl back up again and we haven't heard any really good ones lately so i had to try to stoke the fire to stoke the fire oh there's seether so- reference. friends there you go <laughs> 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 and so i don't know we got to do something here I'm not going to say it's a great joke. I'm just saying it's a joke. <laughs> it is a joke. Right. Is a joke. It, it, it was
1: super punny.
2: Yeah. Anywho, I won't. I won't take any more of your time up with that. Uh, my time here is up, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um. So,
1: so you know, we kind of mentioned singles, and I guess it's, you you can consider that like your favorite track.
2: But do you guys have like a top three favorite tracks from this album? I honestly would put the planets as in my top three or four Interesting. or maybe like, cons- maybe even just like consider them like a single thing. So, like is, conceptually.
1: So you would, you know, they're one of your favorites, even without the follow-up songs.
2: No, I would say that, that they're necessary because they serve that purpose. They're those interludes. There's something that not that many bands in this genre do. And so it sets them apart and they do play so well into the songs they bleed into. And so I would say that they almost function as a unit, kind of like at what you were saying. Yeah, so, so because I don't know that "Sleep in the Fire" or "Say Goodbye" are necessarily my favorites. They're good, but the planets do do match with them well. I'm still going to go with "Déjà Vu," and then "The Shift" is is a solid track. Good
0: choices. What about you, Casey? Mine would probably be "The Shift," "The Unknown," and then "Start Again."
1: So you did like a "The yeah, Unknown," even though it was it was
0: different. Yeah, I liked it, but I just I just that was the one thing I wanted to kind of ask you guys if you if you had that that thought as i did okay or not
1: for myself you know i think obviously the shift i think we're all in agreement with that one is is a strong number one single strong first track on the album there's no doubt about that i I wish is probably my second favorite song off the album i I really really like that one a lot and then i i think sleep in the fire would have to probably be my third favorite but i would combine that with planets three because like they just go so well together and maybe you know, maybe if you don't call Planets 3 its own track, and you, hey, you have your first five and a half minute song on the album.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I wish that that Planets Sleep in the Fire concept was something that happened more often on the radio. It's really not. And I think the fact that that one would tally up to like six minutes makes it unlikely. But I think of how rare it is. And there's a one example that comes to mind that I've always really enjoyed was a lot of radio stations would play Green Day's Brain Stew right into Jaded. Which are back to back tracks on Insomniac, and it works largely because Jaded is a minute and a half long, and so they just kind of bleed them. They don't bleed together. They just play them as if they were back to back on the album, and it works perfectly. And so, if there were ever a time to bring something like that back, this would be a fun one. I don't know if I don't know if listeners would understand. They'd be like, "Why am I listening to this like two minute guitar instrumental on the rock radio station?" It'd be kind of rare, but it would be pretty cool.
1: Well, the original example of that, I'm pretty sure KC can testify to this, is we will rock you into We Are the Champions Oh, by Queen. Fantastic example.
0: Or any Pink Floyd album in its entirety. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Good point. (laughs) Especially another brick in the wall. One, two, and three.
2: (laughs) So one more question for you guys, and and I suspect will probably be about ready to wrap up 10 years after that yeah so as you said you guys have been playing this band probably for 15 years probably since the autumn effect how do you feel that this album compares to the rest of their discography because you've still got you've got division feeding the wolves minus the machine uh from birth to burial and then their most recent release prior to this one how to live as ghosts do you think this one you know stacks up is it does it surpass some their previous efforts what do you kind of think about that
0: I think as the album, as as its entirety, it probably would end up being like a top three.
1: OK, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. And I, like I said earlier in the show, it, I, this is a band I truly feel is getting better with age. And I, I do think that their last two albums, How to Live as Ghosts and Violent Allies, are my favorite. And, I, you know, with every single track being as great as it is on this album, I would say that Viol- Violent Allies is probably my favorite album from 10 years so far.
2: Yeah, kudos. I mean, so many bands hit their peak at you know within their first couple albums or maybe their first couple albums after they break through so to be going at it at album nine or or their seventh i guess you might say like major release you know if there are yeah. people out there who feel that way that's a that's a pretty good i think statement
1: well and their biggest release was feeding the wolves because it had their you know their number one singles was shoot it out and fix me and fix me was probably their biggest single of all time but that was kind of a, that was kind of a pork soda thing with me like in the sense that, in the sense that, yeah, it might have had their biggest single, but I don't, I don't really think the album as a whole was was as great as that single. And so I, I think that it's just awesome to see that they've kind of matured or or evolved in the sense that now they're focused on every single song. They're having it seems like at least from the interviews that I read, it seems like they're actually having fun doing it. And uh, and it, it's just it's very it's clearly uh visible or
0: well I guess audible. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> You can hear the fun.
0: Yes. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, there's certain albums that like Feeding the Wolves that have two or three or four really good songs. But then the rest of the album kind of drops off a little bit. Yeah. But as far as albums in their entirety, the last two albums that they've released for sure are a better representation of an entire album being an enjoyable listen.
1: Yeah, and just to give you some kind of perspective, because, you know, like we said, we've been doing this radio show for 16 years. We've been playing 10 years for probably a good 14 years
0: of those. That's a lot of years. Yeah, it's
1: that's, that's more than 10 years.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I just, I just mean uh, in what you said in that sentence. Oh, yeah. 10 years, 16 years, 15. So many years. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw
1: down the puns as well. Uh <laughs> but at least in the last 5 years just to give you kind of an idea of, of how we've really been getting into this band. So in the last 5 years we played a couple song but three songs from the fighting uh, feeding the wolves we played one song from division we played three songs I'm sorry four songs from the minus machine three songs from the autumn effect and no joke we played seven songs from how to live as ghosts. Yeah. Just gives you an idea of how much at least I really like their most recent albums. Wow.
0: Right, and like I said, that, that's a perfect representation of what we were talking about earlier. Just the other songs may have had some of their biggest hits, but then the rest of the album, not so much. Exactly. So, why do these guys have a song called Moisture
2: Residue? <laughs> <laughs> they have what? a song on From Birth to Burial called Moisture Residue. That just seems like a song that's designed to make people uncomfortable.
0: Condensation.
2: Condensation. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go right there. I can take that little bit. That's a perfect outro bit, right? That we can use. (laughs) (laughs) We just made that one up right there on the spot. That was good. (laughs) Anyway, so you don't have to actually answer the question any further. (laughs) We can move on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, just before we were talking about, you know, 10 years and kind of made a pun of all the numbers and stuff. And so we kind of were thinking about this coming into this episode about how many not only band names revolve around numbers but songs and album titles and so we kind of wanted to play a little bit of a game
2: yeah we're calling we're calling it a numbers game we challenged ourselves to see basically how high we could count (laughs) using band names or album or song titles that had numbers in them so there wasn't really a strict rule book to it we just decided it would be a fun thought exercise so we're going to see what we can do and if you, you know, the listener want to join us, we'll probably make this some type of social media game to see if you guys can carry on past wherever we falter uh, or any of them that we might miss. I know the first one. This is the one that I would lead with and and in my opinion, this actually counts as uh Numero Uno and Dos. <laughs> and, and and Uno Dos Trey, Uno and Dos are the Green Day albums aren't even the ones I'm talking about. And that is the song one. By the band U2. Oh, see, when you're talking about the
1: song one, uh, as soon as I heard one, I think Metallica. Well, of course, (laughs) of course. But
2: once you realize that there's a band called U2 that wrote a song called one, then you got to double down and just have both. I got that. Okay, I got you. That's a good one. One by Metallica is absolutely, you know, right up there as well. I mean, that counts. (laughs) Yes.
1: And believe it or not, there's actually I don't know how many times this band's been brought up on our podcast, but there's also a song called "One" by a band called Creed. That's actually a really good song, to be honest.
2: That was one of the early, maybe the first Creed single. Yes, was that, it was from my own prison, right before before people hated Creed.
1: Yes, that is exactly <laughs> correct. That's when I actually liked them, and and they were a, you know I considered them a decent band. Then. Oh my god, yeah. you can stop that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no,
2: Scott Staff can do it, but I can't. I see. Okay, yeah, that's that's uh, exactly it. there's a lot of one songs out there. One is the loneliest number. That's no, I don't want to get hung up on that number, but it is an easy one to start with. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's, I mean, it it makes sense. You guys, did you guys have anything else for two or is you two covering that base? I didn't have anything else myself.
1: Ario Speedwagon have an album come out called two. um, And then Led Zeppelin (laughs) has a couple of albums, obviously Zeppelin one, two, three, and four. They loved counting at first they did uh, <laughs> and then metallica also has unforgiven 2 as well as unforgiven 3 oh man metallica also likes counting a lot i've noticed that when i was putting this list together they seriously count a lot don't they have four leaf clover four leaf clover the four horsemen yes they are they love their numbers <laughs> but we did skip 3
2: no leaf clover. Sorry, not four leaf clover. We'll count that as zero. Why not? Let's just say that. <laughs> I had I had I had one for three. If that makes sense. Did any, or did you guys have a three? Casey, you got one.
0: Well, I got one that kind of combines those. Oh, oh, I like these. We're we're jumping ahead, but seven Mary three. Oh, hey, nice. I wasn't thinking about
1: that. I like that. That's great. <laughs> I was going to go three three days grace. Yeah, that was the obvious
0: it, one to me. That was that was the 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 most notable one, but yeah. okay. All right.
1: There's also three years hollow and three doors down.
2: Three doors down. Okay. I don't know. The first one, three doors down is not a band I ever thought we would mention, but again, every week a new band gets dropped here. And
1: so. I can't <laughs> believe you didn't mention this, uh, Aaron children, eighteen, three. Oh,
2: Hey, that's perfect. I,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can't believe I didn't do that either. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Well, I'm just going to pretend I was holding them off to represent 18, which I wasn't, but we're just going to say that from, <laughs>
0: from, my, from my ego. They <laughs> fall into the Seven Mary Three category.
1: Yeah. And then technically, would Thrice count as number three, too? Because, I mean, that, that is <laughs> kind of a three
0: thing. Technically, you're right.
2: Sort of. Um, you know, why not? This is a game we're <laughs> making up as we play it, so why not? <laughs> exactly. Anybody got a four? I've got one four. I keep saying one before something, but it's whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: like I said, Metallica is the four horsemen. That's true.
2: I had a, a, a band called Four Year Strong, which is kind of a kind of a, I don't know, pop punkish band. They actually had an album come out this year called Brain Pain. That's pretty darn good. I don't know if we'll get to talk about it or not, but right now I'm going to give it a shout out and say people go listen to Four Year Strong. There you go. Nice.
1: And then I think the obvious five one would be five finger death punch. Definitely. And I can't really think of any other fives
2: off the top of my head. Casey had a six. I know that. Uh, yeah. You, you, me at six. Great one. And then seven is one. We've mentioned a dozen yeah. times on this show already.
1: Yeah. When you said this, it blew my mind. Cause I, I, it, for whatever reason, I just wasn't even thinking about it when we were kind of texting back <laughs> and forth this. Go ahead. Seven dust. Of course. Actually. Like we said, we've mentioned them several times. They're one of our favorite bands, and and it you know starts with Seven, obviously.
2: Rarely does an episode go by where we don't mention Seven Dust in some capacity. They just keep coming up.
1: And then just to throw another one out there, Avenged Sevenfold.
2: Ooh, okay. I like this game. <laughs> I and mean, We're mostly on band names. We're barely even getting into songs and albums. And I'm not even using my list. Hey, he's not even cheating. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> I was really honestly trying to do as much of this as I could off of memory, and it got really tough. We did come up with a couple of eights, though. I think just before we started recording.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I there, wrote any of them down. There, there is one six that we missed. Oh, Ooh. what's that? Eve six. Oh yes.
1: man, how did we miss them? Dang.
2: <laughs> yeah, So glad that they could show up right now too. This is going to be a heck of a soundtrack.
1: <laughs> if I put all of these guys
2: in here. <laughs> All right. So eights.
1: Um, oh, wait, you got one. I uh, actually have a couple. So for six and four, uh, Chicago's 25 or six to four. We also yeah, have, we also go. missed 46 and two by tool. Oh man. And now is then, that,
2: is that 40? Isn't the way that song is stylized. 46 is written out and two is a numeral. Do you remember? Is, is that correct? Anybody remember? It is.
1: Yeah. 46 is written. Yes, you are exactly correct.
2: OK, that's weird, but it but it does make sense.
1: And then to combine our what we were just talking about, kind of skipping the seven was uh, Stone Stonema Pilots on their most recent album, or their most recent self-titled album. The Rebirth of Stone Stonema Pilots had a song called 6-8 huh.
2: that we did play on the show. There's actually a band called 6-8 or 6-foot-8. Oh, nice. And a Blink-182 song. 6-8 is in, in like 6-8 time. We also forgot 6 o'clock by Grandson. Oh, we've included that on one of our earlier episodes. How do we forget that one? Yeah, I don't know. We love us some grandsons, so there's a surprise that that one got passed.
0: Apparently there's a band called the 5678s, but yes. I don't know them very well.
2: They did uh, <laughs> They did a song in
1: Kill Bill. Uh, okay. We missed a whole bunch of them. So we missed Three Libras by A Perfect Circle. We missed okay. five Five Minutes Alone by Pantera. And then... I don't know if this is intentional, but the song Tempest by Tool uh, Fear Inoculum starts with the seven, the number seven. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah, man, I, yeah. I, can't,
2: I can't count Tool's weirdness with that. I don't <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on that one. I don't know. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> Eight is um, interesting to me because there's a band that had an EP come out and we've been talking all year about talking about their EP and we never did. <laughs> and and that is the band incubus and the ep is called trust fall side b which is a sequel to trust fall side a from a few years back and in between those eps they release an album called 8
1: yep and then and uh, it wasn't too shabby and then the most obvious number 9 is 9 inch nails mhm mm-hmm. 10 years has to
2: has to get covered right here for 10
1: oh yeah <laughs> well then Ten Years Gone is a, a fantastic Led Zeppelin song.
2: Yeah. That is that is notable. Um, a couple of bands that I don't even know what they're doing these days.
1: I was going to say Ten Ton Brick is another great song by Hurt.
2: Oh, and okay.
1: Ten Speed of God's Blood and Burial is a great song by Coheed and Cambria.
2: <laughs> That's a wild name, man. Coheed and Cambria. Whew. I'm gonna never stop making fun of Coheed and Cambria for their <laughs> for their pretentious names. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely a unique one. Uh, he's like, how many words can I put in this, and people <laughs> will still buy? It? <laughs> Especially their <laughs> album titles. Good lord! I tweeted something about that for us like a week ago, talking about how their album title is still ridiculous, but we're still grateful for them for giving us Welcome Home because it was the anniversary of the album. Oh yeah, Good Apollo, and yeah.
1: And just so thankful for all that hair,
2: and all that hair. It's it's magnificent. <laughs> it was
1: one of the craziest things I've ever seen, but still, <laughs> still enjoy it.
2: Uh, that's wonderful.
1: It's number eleven. Be a couple of them. finger eleven. Yeah, finger eleven. Three eleven,
2: technically. Yeah, yeah, kind of, in a sense. Yeah, eleven from Stranger Things. Huh. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, my bad. Didn't count me down. Okay. Twelve, the the legendary Twelve Stones of (laughs) of that one album where all the songs (laughs) sounded exactly alike, and then that time they sang on Evanescence. (laughs) I think he's more known for singing on the Evanescence song than they are for their own stuff. Oh, definitely. There was a time when I was in high school where I really, I'm not gonna say I love that Twelve Stones album, but I'm gonna say I had that Twelve Stones album, (laughs) and I listened to it a lot. And like every time I listened to it, I was like, this is really the same song. Like, even at that age, I was like, I I think these guys are bad. <laughs> and and so I feel like that I really don't like to slam bands too much. But that was it was super generic. And I feel like enough time has passed that it's OK to to poke a little fun.
1: So another one that I would kind of wanted to shout out real quick. And there's only one reason why I'll be quite honest. So uh, a song called Prelude 1221 by AFI. Yes. And the I only reason. Yeah, the reason main reason why I absolutely love this song is because it was used in Smallville, yep, you know, for like a season finale, and like the way it was used was just so epic. Yep, it, it just got one hell of a beat to it, but man, just like the way that like it was used in the, in that show was just it, it made that song so much better
2: than what it. I mean, what what I imagined it be. The itch has never really been AFI fans, but that particular song, I and apparently Dan at least have had a soft spot for for years. Yes, and so. So good job, AFI, and, and also making it in here.
0: Yeah. And mentioning Smallville, not to be confused with Remy Zero. Oh.
2: Hey, nice. we got
0: a zero. Somebody save me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys are, are going to hate me for all that. I got a question. Yeah, yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's
1: see here. We're on 13. We're up to 13. I got one. Uh, perfect Circle's 13th step one of my ah. favorite albums of all time
2: nice 14 honestly you got something casey
0: <laughs> i was gonna say should we times it by two and talk about apartment 26
2: <laughs> hey let's mark them down later yeah <laughs> 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 but i got i don't know about you guys i got stuck at 14
1: yeah and i've been kind of uh, thinking the same thing I'm, I'm looking around seeing if i can figure out anything
2: Maybe this is one we got to throw to the listeners and say, hey, let us give us something because we got nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing.
2: (laughs) I do have a 15. There's a track by Depeche Mode called Little 15. And then 16, there's an album that we discussed uh, a number of episodes back by a band called Bush. Yep. 16 Stone was a big one. Quite a big one. There's a Volbeat
1: song called $16.
2: Oh, okay, All right. That I really like. For 17, the only thing I came up with was The Edge of 17, which is Stevie Nicks.
0: Nice. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, a little, little Fleetwood kind of action. It's not something we play out that much or talk about that much, but it certainly has a place and an influence. So, Well, you can't forget
1: Hellbound 17 and a Half.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently you can forget that, but <laughs> but one shouldn't.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, and actually... I can't believe
1: we forgot this, Casey. There was a, a highly suspect song came out last year that we played the crap out of called Sixteen. Yeah. That we absolutely yep. loved.
2: Casey says as if he was just sitting on that one and not sharing <laughs> sure.
0: I was actually. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure I wasn't sure how long this bit was gonna last. I just say whatever you want to say, we'll edit some crap
2: out later. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I think we're going to get stuck when we get past 21 anyway. So that's probably where it's going to end. Yeah, I just figured we'd stop at 21. 18. There's got to be there's some songs out there about like, you know, some of them creeper rockers singing about girls being 18 or something. Right.
0: Uh, Alice Alice Cooper. Cooper.
1: Yep. Alice Cooper. Yep. I don't know about creeper rocker, but I mean, he's technically cre- creepy, but not for that reason.
2: <laughs> I'm not that familiar with the song. I just know that they exist somewhere out there. Those songs. Doesn't Red Hot Chili Peppers have a song called She's Only 18? I believe so. That sounds about right. Alex Cooper says, I'm 18. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the Creepers are Red Hot Chili Peppers, apparently.
2: <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to speak ill of them, but I, I would believe it if somebody said it. <laughs> yeah. We've spoken of our fandom of the Chili Peppers before. So 19 was another one that I got stuck on. I did have an 18. It was a band called 18 Visions, but that was about it.
1: There was a local band that was called 19 around St. Louis, but uh, no, I couldn't, I couldn't really think of anything else either.
2: Shout out to them. Hope they're listening.
0: Probably aren't. They're probably not.
2: <laughs> I got nothing. KC, you sitting on one from there. Is there a highly suspect song you need to share with us?
0: <laughs> For 19? For 19, yeah. How about Huey Lewis in the News? Thank you, number 19. There you go. I guess. Why not? Sure. Oh, here's one we forgot. Okay. All right. Gorillas, 19 oh, yeah.
2: That's the one I'm going with. I like it. <laughs> It's 19-2000, so that yeah. totally counts.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had more of an issue with 20, to be honest.
2: I told you off-air, the the only thing I came up with off the top of my head was Matchbox 20, and I wasn't oh, that right. proud of it, but right. it was yeah. something. <laughs> I do remember that now. It wasn't the peak. but And then 21. 21's not that hard.
1: Oh, 21 Pilots.
2: 21 Pilots is an obvious one. Uh, there's a Green Day song, 21 Guns. Yep. I think this is the third or fourth time Green Day has been mentioned in this episode now.
1: They like to count, too, obviously.
2: (laughs) They do. Yeah. Uno, dos, tres. And then uh, one of mine that's a little bit under the radar. I bought this album for 99 cents as a teenager at a pawn shop, and it was scratched up beyond recognition. And I was like, I'm going to take a shot on this for a dollar. It's not it's never going to play its crap. And I washed it off, just like dunked it in water. And cleaned it up. <laughs> the scratches were still highly visible, but the CD still plays to this day. And then that is Save Ferris. And the song on that album was called "Under 21.
0: And <laughs> nice. It was about how
2: it sucks to be under twenty-one because you can't get into all the clubs to drink and see the cool shows.
1: <laughs> Very nice. So shout out!
2: Shout out to Save Ferris. They were a female-fronted kind of punk ska band. Okay. In the late nineties, they made an, a guest appearance in uh, the film 10 Things I Hate About You. Has anybody got anything at 22, or are we, are we probably stuck there? I think we're stuck. Yeah. So we'll continue this one off air and maybe throw it out to the masses and see if anybody has any.
1: I challenge our fans to come up with some rock songs because I know that there's some other songs out there. But yeah, continue the the counting
2: game. It was a lot of fun for us, and I'm sure that you guys can keep it going. We'll be trying to play that one on Twitter this week. But yeah, I think that's probably about good for this one. Yeah. Lots of fun. (laughs) So thank you for joining us for this, uh, this numbers game and this 10 years uh, talk. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you check out that album and or some of the tracks that we just threw out here kind of haphazardly as usual, there will be a link to that playlist in the show notes to this episode. We appreciate uh, the listens and the, uh, the love that does come our way. We definitely want to encourage you if you have enjoyed this, Uh, ranting and raving about music to spread the word to your friends, to leave a review on Apple Music. Those kind of things go a long way to help us out, and we really appreciate it. So thank you.
1: Yeah, we appreciate anybody that's been listening and taking the time out of their day to uh, give us a
2: chance. And shout out to the podcast community in general. I found that they are a very encouraging group of folks, other people out there who are in similar situations and, and have shows. Podcasters love to support other podcasters and so uh one of these days we'll shout out a bunch of you guys by name but for now it's just kind of a general group shout out to those who have been supported particularly on twitter
1: or you know if you like the show and you want us on your show or you you know you want to kind of cross breed or pro (laughs) if you want to cross
2: breed with us i'm not cross breeding with anybody cross pollinate. cross cross pollinate
1: (laughs) cross promote cross promote -promote is what i was looking for if you want to get (laughs) So if if you're fans of the show and you have your own podcast, you want to cross promote with us, we're definitely open. So let us reach out to us. Let us know. You know, you can have us on your show. We'd be more than happy to have you on our show where we can discuss music or whatever might be the topic.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping we got a few of those in the works. I definitely have a sort of wish list of itch crossover appearances that we can hopefully make happen shortly.
1: Yeah, we're really nice guys. I promise.
2: By and large, (laughs) unless you're 12 stones, then we might rip you. (laughs)
1: Or the lead singer, Buck
2: Cherry. Or if you're the guy from Buckcherry. <laughs> <laughs> they still suck. Right, Ronnie. And he's still a tool. <laughs> Anywho, this is not a way to make friends. We should wrap yeah. this up.
0: <laughs> this is all getting cut. Yeah, probably.
2: Thank you very much for listening to
1: The Itch Rock Matters. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this
0: episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter,
1: Facebook, or through Gmail, all at rocks, itchrocks, I T C H R O
0: C K S. Condensation.